0: So in this episode of The Leadersmith Podcast, I have Jeff Carlucci back on the show. We're gonna be talking about leading at home.
1: In a world of incompetent bosses, micromanagers, and petty tyrants, one management professor claims that he can help you become the kind of leader that you would want to follow. You are listening to The Leadersmith. Now, here is your host, Darren Gertis.
0: Okay, so I am back, and with me is my good friend Jeff Carlucci. Jeff and I um, taught at Stonebridge School in Chesapeake, Virginia. From well, so I was there. He's been there 23 years. I was there from 1999 to 2005, and then I went off to Liberty University to teach for six years. And now I'm at Charleston Southern. Um, but while I was there, I met my uh, wife, and she we started dating uh we were engaged we were married all in that period while i was at stonebridge but before that and during that period um you know jeff was like a a role model kind of a mentor of mine in uh what it means to lead like what what it looks like to in a family to be a good leader and so i asked him to talk about this because
1: uh i learned a ton from jeff carlucci and so welcome back to the show jeff thank you darren it's a pleasure to be back this is probably my favorite topic to talk about
0: yeah and i can tell because we we talked about it a great deal uh, from 1999 to 2006 we spent a lot of time talking about that and you know more than talking about it was the way that uh you just um so I, let me put it like this when we talk about like something like biblical worldview and somebody asks, well how do you teach a biblical worldview I leak it. I mean, it just comes out. It's not something that like I'm trying to teach this core component of something. It's just, if, if you put in, it comes out and same with you. If you put in, this is your inputs. It's just leaking out of you. um, Not just in what you say, but in your example, in your prioritization of things, those kind of things. So I'm going to let you talk instead of me talk.
1: Okay. Okay. That'll be different. So. So, in thinking about leading at home, one of the things that I realized when I was thinking about talking with Darren was as a leader, you actually have to have a place you're going. What is your vision? What is the purpose? Where are we going? Why are you leading in your family? Uh, Personally, I think leading in your family, and I am a Christian and I do believe that God has established an order in the family. Whoever is leading, if you're a single mom, if you're a single dad, it doesn't matter. You have a role, the most important role I think you will ever, ever achieve or ever accomplish. But where are you going? So for me and for my wife, Debbie, it was to reflect a godly marriage, to reflect Christ in all that we do, and to point to Jesus Christ in everything we do, whether we're leaking it, as you said, or whether we're actually speaking it. Um, and then when we had children, well, stop, um, before you before you get to that,
0: tell me about how your intentionality. So you said that this was intentional, but did you like sit down and say, "So Debbie, we should be intentional about doing that." I mean, or how did that happen?
1: Wow, that's a great question. I would say we did not necessarily look at each other and say, "Here is our intentions, and here is what we're going to accomplish." On the other hand, I think we did talk a little bit about the need to respect each other mm-hmm. and, and and we did little things in our in our marriage um this is going to sound kind of corny but i learned somewhere and i think she did too you treat your family like company and your company like family That's so brilliant. we always were incredibly polite to each other so um at, and she'll tell you this at dinner i guess almost every time we've had dinner in the 34 years we've been married when she cooked I, which is almost all the time, I would say thank you because she went, did something for me. A lot of people think, well, you don't need to do that. That's kind of her role, isn't it? Um, but it's it's not. I mean, it may be her role, but it's not as a servant. <laughs> so, so most of us are too tired of,
0: um, uh, you know, yeah. being complimented that, you know, we would not want to hear thank you
1: again and again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. don't <laughs> you think that? yeah so mm-hmm. i'm I think it'll it, it, well, come to another point in a minute. The other thing we did, and it it sounds silly. we touched a lot now don't go weird in your thought process. She would walk by me going to the kitchen. I just hold her my hand We she'd touch my hand, and there was this sense of acknowledgement that you're there mm-hmm. and I appreciate that you're there, not uh. I'm in my show or I'm thinking, and it doesn't matter. You could be a cardboard cutout and it wouldn't matter. Mm -hmm. And I think that was something that was important. And then the third thing is for God, just, he, I went to a man, a men's retreat before we got married and this minister, and I wish I could remember his name was outstanding. And he basically put on the men, the responsibility to uh, be the person who heals the relationship. He basically said, if it's messed up, it's your fault man but i learned there and this is really important it doesn't matter if you're right when you have an argument it matters that you restore the relationship and then you'll figure out if you were right or wrong and it really won't matter because it's all about the relationship your love for her your concern for her and if you think about that scripturally we're supposed to treat others as being better than ourselves That doesn't mean strangers. That means your spouse. So I should think of Debbie as being better than me. So how can I show respect to her, which I think is the foundation for all of this? I mean, Christ is the foundation, but in almost every relationship, and this, if we were talking classroom, this would work in the classroom. You will never receive respect if you do not offer respect. Mm -hmm. So show respect. I try to show respect to her and every way i can now i'll tell you i wasn't great at this early and i remember there were some times way into our marriage that things began to click you know it's like oh she's right and i'm not how did that happen and it was like if that didn't happen the first day or the first year because i was learning and i think that's an important part of this also
0: yeah i you know you said something clicked it took me a while but something clicked for me when i realized You know, Nicole has different roles than I do, and she has different strengths than I do. And if I just would respect, like, that she is good at this and I'm not, a lot of things fall into place. And, you know, just doing that, it makes a world of difference. So, okay, anyway, so, uh, you know, as you were talking, I was thinking, I wonder how many people – would not get divorced if they just heard the last 10 minutes and I mean, just heard and applied the last 10 minutes, if they just did those few things and and you're just scratching the surface so far, you haven't even got the kids yet or, you know, any other aspect of leadership in the home, you're just talking about just the relationship, but it, 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 it resonates with me because leadership is always relationship. The suffix S H I P means that you're in a relationship with citizenship relation to the state, friendship, relation to each other, leadership relation to the follower. Right? So
1: Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm getting up on my soapbox. You talk. You know, when I think about my role as a husband, my role as a husband is to do everything I can to make sure my wife is secure. Mm -hmm. Um, I think one of the great dangers in marriages is when we allow jealousy to be there. And that jealousy is encouraged by some people thinking, oh, look, look how worthy I am. Other people are interested in me, therefore you should be interested in me. And that's the wrong thought process. We have made a commitment before God to be committed to each other. Commitment and love to me are almost the same thing. Love love is an ushy gushy when you first get married, and it's it's nice to tuggy, kissy, ushi gushy, and, and that still happens, and that's not a bad thing, but it's a commitment. And so when I think you think I'm I'm committed, I made a commitment before God, I made a commitment to my wife, and then I I set. I hope this makes sense, Darren. If not, cut it out from here um, <laughs> in the classroom. One of the things I do is set parameters with classroom management. Here's what we're going to do. The school has rules. We have an honor code and you're going to abide in here. And we, if you don't, I'm going to bring you back in. And once we have this parameter set, we live really happily and we're relaxed. And some, I think in a marriage, not that I'm setting parameters, But that we set parameters now you asked if there was something we looked at each other and said okay this is what we're going to do and yes that happened one of the things is we fight fairly we don't call people names and we never once ever in our 34 years have ever said well maybe we shouldn't be married maybe we should be divorced because for us it was never an option but that was a parameter that we established and as you live within side of that, I think there's lots of freedom and joy. You just have to know. Again, it's respect. Why would I not want to have respect for my wife? Uh, I just finished reading a book. One of the times we talked, we talked about reading. I just read D. L. Moody's book on sowing and reaping. You will reap what you sow. Mm. If I sow, show, so, excuse me, sow respect, I will reap respect. Now. If I'm sewing just to get, then that doesn't work. If I'm sewing out of a clear, godly purpose to show my wife respect that she is worthy of she, and if it's in the classroom, the students, if it's anywhere... They will share respect. But I promise you, if you never share respect to your spouse, never respect their opinion, never respect their thought process or their time, you won't receive it. And, and in thinking about that, I finally remembered what I wanted to say. Um, it was at some point well into our marriage because I am a confident teacher who is confident about what he knows and the way things ought to be. And it hit me at some point. Wow, Debbie's point of view is just as valid as my point of view, even if it's not mine. And she, I ask God, God put us together. I need to listen to her because God is speaking through me to through her to me, and I need to show her that value. And I think that's a really important part of relationships between husband and wife. So the
0: people that I know that have been married a long time that I respect about you know uh, their relationship with their spouse say, listen to your spouse, (laughs) and that was another one of those oh. Oh, if I do that 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 works better. <laughs> you know, it was another one of the revelation moments. Um but it's important. I mean, listen to your spouse. Tell me this, why why do you think it is that some people are uber successful in business and you know, at the office they're superstars, but they're train wrecks at home. What's going on there?
1: I would say it's a misunderstanding of priority and a misunderstanding of what will bring joy. And happiness um if you work eighty hours a week, you work seventy hours a week, you get you you're trying to accomplish something mm-hmm. and you've misplaced where the value is and where when you get there you're going to be content um you probably have seen chariots of fire, and the uh, a manager of an athlete the athlete won the gold medal. And he's walking off almost in despair. And somebody said, what's wrong? He just won the gold medal. And the guy said, one day you'll achieve your goals and then you'll understand. And I thought the goals are the wrong goals. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with great success in business. But if you're sacrificing what I consider God's, the gift of my role as a father or as a as a spouse to do those things you can't you they have to be both and it can't be either or and if there an either or you have to choose your family because the other doesn't matter um yeah i think i was going to say i think it's important that we understand that other goals outside of our family are trying to fill a gap generally that we're not having filled at home. And generally, now we. I have a role as a teacher and I love what I get to do as a teacher, mm-hmm. but I love being home. And I love, and, and and what I do, I try to bring Debbie into what I'm doing. So the kids all know Mrs. Carlucci. She yeah, she's there, she's at the, everything she can be. She tries to come to games. She's at parties that the kids are having at school or graduation parties. And, and I do that for a purpose. One of the purposes, we talked about it before, is modeling. I, I Every time I see my wife on campus, I give her a kiss. There's a point. I'm trying to model, and I probably shouldn't say this if the kids are listening to this. I'm trying to model the way a husband and a wife ought to greet each other. And I try to share respect to her. So she's there. And now, if it ever... Go was that
0: intentional or was that just something that you... Did without thinking about it because I remember. I mean, you've always been modeling that as long as I knew you. Um, Was that something that you thought about and thought, you know, I'm going to be a model for these people, or is it just? Did it just leak?
1: That's a great question. Um, The answer is yes, but the the first answer would be it leaked. That is just who we are. That is just who I am. Uh, That's who she is. And then I recognized. Oh, wow. We're always teaching. I'm all I mean, at school, I'm always teaching. Yep. So this is a great opportunity. Now, I like kissing my wife. So that's not a problem. <laughs> but that's good to know. <laughs> it, it is a leak. It is not fake. And I think the point that you're making is if you're faking the modeling, it's not really modeling because people see right through that. But if it's real, if it's leaking out and you understand your role as a as a something modeling biblical marriage, then then it really
0: works. Okay, so shift gears for me. Instead of talking about just marriage, talk about family
1: and uh, parent, uh, parenthood. Uh, I will. You told me I could talk. Can I just finish the spouse one? Absolutely. Please finish. So. I think one of the things, and I learned this from Dr. Dobson way back in the 80s, is Debbie and I, I have a role. I'm doing something outside of the home. She has, she has a business that she developed and runs. If we aren't careful, we could go in t- two separate directions. And then when the kids were gone, all of a sudden, we haven't kept our relationship uh-huh. uh, the way it ought to be. In our home, God was first. Debbie was second. And the kids were after that. It wasn't God than family because the yeah. kids were leaving and, and it was important for us to grow together. And I think that's important for families. All right. So let's go to the kids. I got to tell um, you,
0: story, though, with, with that, because you said, you know, um, Debbie before the the kids. Right. And so, I, you know, I, I, I do the same thing. Like my kids will try to ask me things. To well, who's who do you love more, mommy or me? Sorry, mommy came first. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's not yeah. that I don't love you, but mommy came first, and I love you dearly with all my heart. But mommy comes first, and I am intentional about trying to uh, convey that message because I want you to understand. I love your mother. If I love your mother, there's security there. There, That's a very different place to be than, um, you know, no, everybody's equal. No, no, you're not. I mean, you kids are equal. I love you kids equally. I I don't play favorites there, but there's definitely a hierarchy where
1: Nicole comes before you do. So absolutely. And you mentioned security. And I think that's something that's underappreciated security in your family, security in relationships, is a a big part of having a successful family and marriage. So let's talk about the kids a little bit. We talked earlier about vision and purpose. So it is the purpose for uh, Debbie and I as Christian parents, uh, for our children. And it was very simple to pass the baton of Jesus Christ, that as they follow after Christ for us, that was it. Um, you may know, remember this song john elefante used to be the lead singer or a singer for kansas he has a he, he's a believer and he has a song called past the flame and it just hit me again back in the 80s uh past the flame it won't matter mm-hmm. whatever else we accomplish yeah. if we fail to do that so for us the purpose is to point in the jesus christ and everything that we did yeah and so um,
0: there, there are uh decisions that you make as a consequence of that and i want to give you some examples there was a parent that i remember at stonebridge that turned down a promotion because that would have taken them away from time with the family like like this would have been a big promotion and i'm not going to say who it was uh, but they turned this down i was like that is my hero yeah the, i mean not because i don't want to you know do all that i can do but i I've, I've done something not turned down a promotion but i actually went back to teaching partly because i was thinking you know if I stay in this administration role, they, they'll, if if I leave that, they'll find somebody else to do that thing and they'll go on without a beat. But I, my kids need me. I have six of them and I can, I, there's only one person that can be their dad. Right. And there can be plenty of people that can do that other role that, so I, I, and I don't need it. I mean, it's not like my ego comes from that role. I mean, I, I know enough to know that that's a fool's errand. That's, that's silly but I need to be there for my kids. So yeah, that's really important. And you'll make decisions
1: if you start thinking what you were just saying. Yeah. yeah. Cause nobody, like you said, nobody else can be, do that role as your, as dad, as good as you are at your job, somebody else could do that job too. And so that's, a, that's an important understanding. Um, yeah. One of the decisions we make, it, you taught me. So you've talked about things I've taught you, you taught me, the concept of opportunity cost. Mm-hmm. Um, what opportunity am I missing if I take another opportunity? Mm-hmm. And I think it has all to do with what you just said. Um, um, when he was born and he would cry at night and I got up way back then and uh, two in the morning, I'd be holding him watching sports center. And that was all right. <laughs> and not thinking, dude, go to sleep. I was thinking, I won't be able to do this. And I gotta tell you, I'm not really sure how I knew that back then, but I I did. And it's like, I won't be able to do this later. Or my daughter who would climb, you know, daddy, daddy, daddy's home, and they'd take me and sit down and she'd climb in my lap and kiss me. I mean, she's 26 now and married. She doesn't run in, run home and go daddy, daddy, when I come home. So there are opportunity costs. Now that works the other way. If I choose to be at home, it my work. Or my opportunities for advancement at a job, like you said, may suffer. But again, where's the value? What's my call? What am I supposed to do? So I think getting back to kids, clear expectations of what the the role is or the goal is for the family. Uh, secondly, I think you have to. It's the respect thing. Um, when I made mistakes, even though I hated it, I would say Andrew. Allie. I was wrong. I, I was totally wrong. Please forgive me. Cause I was trying again, you're modeling, but it's just the right thing to do. And of course, and you may have had that cause you may, yeah, you yeah, may have made a mistake. I was, yeah. I was thinking,
0: uh, you know, even if you were perfect, you ought to throw in a few mistakes just so you could do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, not that I'm perfect. I'm I'm nowhere near it, but it's, it's shocking. It's quite a teaching opportunity or teaching moment when you do that and you humble yourself and model how to humble yourself. And I've made plenty of mistakes. Believe me, no, there's no question about it. But when you do that, that that's really a shocking teaching leadership moment.
1: A couple of other thoughts about raising children. I think one of the keys to understand is God gave your children to you mm-hmm. and God gave your your brother and sister's children to them or your best friend's children to them. And if they make a different decision than you and you're doing the decision that God has called you to do, you're not wrong and they're not wrong because God has given them to you for a purpose. So you do what God's leading you to do. And I think that is... It takes a lot of stress and pressure off to try to keep up. And I think that's really important. Um, also, I think it's important to follow. We talked in, in the past, we talked about being a good follower in order to be a good leader. And I follow Christ and I have to do, I think I should do that openly. Now, Debbie and I, Debbie was great at this. We did that very openly, but I have to make sure I'm following Christ. I have a boss at school. I have to make sure that I'm respectfully following Christ my boss we have our pastors i have to show respect and i think important i have to show respect to my parents and mm-hmm. to my wife's parents if i want my kids to show respect yep. to me because that is the relationship i mean that is the modeling of the relationship um we talked about soccer in the past i talked to parents before the the season please don't yell at the referees And call them names and get angry because they are the designated authority on that pitch and what you're teaching your children when you do that is if you don't like what the designated authority is doing go ahead and have a fit and yell and scream but that's not okay if i want my daughter to marry a godly respectful man i have to be godly respectful husband to my wife Mm -hmm. if i want my son to marry a godly respectful woman i my wife needs to be a godly, respectful wife. I mean, that's just those kinds of things. Um, so I think that, that one of the, the greatest things, or one of the greatest things we'll do, is raise our children. Yep. Time goes by quickly. Uh, when Andrew went away to college, it was brutal. We drove him away three hours, dropped him off, and cried the entire three hours on the way home. And I remember thinking then, I'll never do something as valuable as that and as important as that i knew Allie was still there and i knew that my i wasn't saying her role wasn't as important as my role with andrew but what i've come to realize and and probably that's the case but there are seasons of life and i'm 60 and there are a lot of things god has now given me to do that are really valuable to me at this point of life so i for the things that you don't get to do for those people who are thinking yes but i'm missing out on this this and that God has a call, and when you follow him and do what he wants you to do, raise your children. Be respectful to your wife. Do the things you want to do. He will then bring later on other things for you to do. Um, Walk in humility. I, I, I think you and I have talked off the latest character trait of a leader. And if you walk in humility, realizing it's not Rick Warren has it right. It's not all about you. And make sure that you are adding value to other people, doing what God's called you to do. And if you never get noticed, but you have helped your children to follow after Christ and your spouse to be loved and respected, you've done a good job.
0: Yeah. So, you know, as you were talking, it reminded me of when Gracie was first born, I had already left Stonebridge. I was at Liberty. And I was talking to a colleague. His name was George Young. Um, And, you know, my first child was just born and he stops in to my office to say, congratulations. And he he said, and so he congratulates me. And then he spends the next 15 minutes going down memory lane about his own kids who are now out of the house And I'm like, um, are you here to congratulate me? Or are you talking about, but then he says this, he says, enjoy every moment. It goes by so fast, just like what you were just talking about. And that always stuck with me. So even when you don't enjoy every moment, you really don't. I mean, sometimes like your kids scream and give you a migraine or, or, I mean, it's just, you don't enjoy every moment. (laughs) But thinking in terms of this time is going by and I'm not going to get it back. This is why, you know, like one of the things that I do is I make sure my kids get hugs. I mean, I'm going to go for the low hanging fruit. You're not going to have a hug deficit. Okay. And so that's just, that's just part of thinking that way. And okay. So we got, we have to wrap up at any rate.
1: Uh, one gonna final give, point. I'm going to give one you the last point.
0: word after the quotation for contemplation. Sounds good. So The quotation for contemplation comes from, believe it or not, the, the source that I found with this, I found the, the quote. Um, by itself, but then I also found it with Frank Lautenberg, the senator from New Jersey. Uh Now, I think this might have been a a commencement address, so it might come from somewhere else, but the quotation from contemplation is this. Your accomplishments in business will not be on your tombstone, but your family will. Yeah. What a great quote. That's a Your family will be there, but your accomplishments won't. So think in terms of what's important. Okay, last word, Jeff
1: Carlucci. We talked about the time goes by and you won't have them at home anymore. But I'm here to tell you, Andrew's been married five years. He's, he'll be 31. Allie's 26 and is married. The relationships continue and they continue and it's really positive. So what you're doing now is laying groundwork for later. You don't want to at 15, 16, 17, 18 burn bridges yeah. so badly that you don't have a relationship with your adult kids. Because I'm going to tell you, you want that.
0: Mm-hmm. Hey, man, thanks for coming in. Thanks for talking about this. This was... Um, You know, everything that we talk about on the podcast is about leadership. And this is a uh, under discussed over uh, incredibly valuable, but under discussed topic when you're talking about leadership at home. And uh, thank you so much. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Darren. It's been my pleasure.
0: All right. So if that was helpful, I hope that was helpful to uh, people that were listening to this. And I hope this helps you become the kind of leader that you would want to follow.